Hello. Welcome to Lights Carry Action. I'm Carrie Morrison, your film buff friend, and I'm here to give you brief and spoiler-free reviews so you don't have to do any research. So sit on down and grab a cup of tea and let's get to it. This is recording whilst there has been very hardcore rain in the in the last like few hours so who knows what the sound on this is going to be like also i have a dog with me my mum and stepdad are out for a couple of days so i am his only form of company and he's quite bored by me to be honest he's now just chilling on my bed just ignoring the world but he is he might snooze at any point so who knows Anyway, this week we are talking about video game film adaptations. So, I mean, you probably could have guessed from from the titles. I think we've got a good lineup here, and it, and it certainly is an interesting one. But with that being said, let's get on to the first film of the week. First learned about this seven years ago, on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted fugitive. When we got there, it tore through our unit in seconds. The target has superhuman abilities. It had the same marking you do, Cole. It's a birthmark. What do you mean? He was born with it. It's not a birthmark, Cole. It means you've been chosen. The first film we're looking at is Mortal Kombat, released this year, directed by Sam McCoy and written by Dave Callahan, Owen Uzil, and Greg Rousseau. So this is a sort of reboot or like a, a like a new start to a new saga, which I'm going to talk about in a second. So there were two films in the 90s and there was going to be a third one, but it was cancelled because it was a commercial failure. And this one has been in development hell for, yeah, approximately about two decades until it finally got the push and it is the film it is today. So what is it about? Cole Young, born with a very specific birthmark, and he discovers that that is the mark of a champion to represent Earthrealm in a tournament of Mortal Kombat between Earthrealm and Outworld Realm. And if and if he loses and his friends lose, then it's the end of the world. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say in general for this week I'm gonna give some leniency in terms of scripting because when trying to translate plots from video games into movies it's always going to be difficult. An interesting point and I can't remember who said it. A lot of video game movies the reason why they don't work as well is because video game movies are all about choice. The person who's playing has the choice to do whatever they want within the confines of cutscenes and whatever and the parameters of the, they essentially have choice to to go wherever they'd like to go and the problem with a video game movie is that it sort of hurries the plot along so w- the reason people might like a video game is that you can take the time to explore the world of the video game whereas with Mortal Kombat specifically you have roughly two hours to do a whole world developing thing which 
explains so much of the exposition dump. It is ridiculous. I know you're trying to make me follow what is going on, but you've lost me and not in a good way that I've mentally switched off. And now I'm not entirely certain what's going on. And it doesn't help that there were potential plot threads or things that might come up later, but never get picked up again. So you're like, is this thing relevant? Is this going to crop up later? And it makes sense that this film was in development hell for two decades because the plot was such a 90s plot. Women in this film felt so disposable and only felt relevant in terms of plot progression. You could say there was the exception of Sonya Blade's character played by Jessica McNamee, but the problem with her character was that she is the most dominant female character in the film, but the men surrounding her don't give her any chance to train. And yes, she doesn't have the dragon mark and a selected champion, but it meant that she was out of action and wasn't a more prominent role in the team that I think the film needed in order for it to feel current. Also, the female villains, they were cool, but also there's one where the leader of the outworld realm whatever he referred to one of the villains as his property as like my creature my beauty and that's why it feels to me this film is such a clash of modern ideas of storytelling and graphics but plot points that reek of a dead idea from the 90s that women are used for plot points yes it still comes across today but at least they they make some form of effort to be like hey i'm a strong woman look i do things but in terms of the, the i mean the action sequences are really fun very gory i don't know why i was so surprised every time i saw a bloody death i, was, I just it always always took me back i've seen the, these deaths so many times in gaming context but for some reason watching it in a film is so jarring would I recommend this? Eh, if you don't have anything else to watch, basically. It's one of those films where if this was released 10, 15 years ago, I think it maybe might have passed. But I think in 2021, the things that are done here, it's just it's just really weird. It's just dated. So it just doesn't work as an overall film. Now let's get on to the second film of the week. And this one in 2020 last year caused such a ruckus. Oh, video game fans. I'm Sonic, a little ball of super energy in an extremely handsome package. On my planet, people were always after my powers. So I came to yours. It gets a little lonely, but that's okay. I am living my best life on Earth. What? The second film we are looking at this week is Sonic the Hedgehog, released last year, directed by Jeff Fowler written by Josh Miller and Patrick Casey. So if you don't remember what the big controversy was, is that originally they designed Sonic to look a bit more human, a bit more like animal, mammal-y, and people got so angry that the production team went back and redesigned Sonic, redid all of the scenes in order to get the finished product that they had. So the plot, we start in the original world that the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise is mainly based in and Sonic gets attacked and is forced to live out his days on Earth, hidden away, until one day he 
causes an electric power cut that causes the government to summon Dr. Robotnik, played by Jim Carrey. It's a game of cat and mouse where Sonic has to find his golden rings that he has lost in order to escape and go into the next world whilst being very quickly chased by Dr. Robotnik. I'm going to uncover the source of its power. Yeah, hey. I just thought you might like a latte with steamed Austrian goat milk. Of course I want a latte. I love the way you make them! So this is a wonderful kids movie. Dated in some aspects. Like one would have thought if you're going to go back and redesign Sonic the Hedgehog, you would also go back and take out when Sonic does flossing. I think even with all of that hassle that they had, if I didn't know about that, I would have said it's a fairly solid film. I loved it several times jim carrey is the gem of the film it reminds me back to the days of series of unfortunate events uh him as the joker in the batman series he just embodied such extravagant comedy delivery that was just spectacular that made me laugh so many times also the soundtrack is so good so jammy a lot of it is like rock or like electro pop which does connect with the story but i think the blend between old music and contemporary music would normally seem quite jarring but they all blend together so well to create this soundscape that is electrifying is wonderful i think james marsden did a wonderful job also tika sumter i really liked her as well i think uh, they wrote her a really lovely character i wish she did more they set her up as a vet being really good with animals and when it came to the point with her knowledge of being a vet could have come in handy it didn't live up to what i would have probably expected and that was a bit of a shame it was a whole thing between Tika's character and her character's sister that I just didn't like. I thought was unnecessary and was trying to bring out this trope of angry black woman that I wasn't a huge fan of, but I'm willing to hear other people's opinions, specifically from the black community. There are elements, of course, in, in a script that is a good joke for kids. But when you think about the logic and the context of the world or or, or just the practicalities or the logistics, you're like, wait, wait, if you're saying that, how did that? You've got to let that go because it's a kid's movie and they're going to make those one off jokes that actually logistically don't make sense. But once you do, it is such a fun time and it is a joy to watch. Now we're going on to the last film of the week and oh boy. This was interesting. The last film we are looking at this week is Lara Croft Tomb Raider, released in 2001, directed by Simon West. And this was written by several people. So Mike Werb, Michael Colliery, Patrick Massett, John Zinman and Sarah B. Cooper. A lot of those writers are also the original creators or wrote stories for the Lara Croft games. So Lara Croft finds a secret clock that her dad left to her before he passed away 
and discovers it is a clock to an artifact that can control time, which is great, but also the Illuminati is after it as well. this film was was a time it reeked of 2000 genre action films where the lead woman is the protagonist within the first five minutes within the first five minutes i knew what i was in for with the really weird sexualized like crotch shots trying to show the guns but we really know what that shot was for to her getting pinned down by this robot kind of sexually the shower scenes where she does the weird hair flip where no one really does that and it's just purely for aesthetic purposes i went into this knowing it probably wasn't going to be the best script in the universe but oh wow i think my favorite thing about this is daniel craig because i feel like he is fully aware his character is an utter wet wipe and just embraces it and being this forlorn pathetic little thing also I love how Daniel Craig thinks he can pull off an American accent in this movie. And that was also entertaining, though I don't think that was the point. Angelina Jolie plays the part really well. And it is a shame in some points where you can tell that she was being told to sex it up a little bit more. And it just really took took me away from moments. And also it just really bothered me that basically the whole point of Lara Croft's character arc is that she has daddy issues. And all the major plot points in her character arc are because of all the men surrounding her and not an actual emotional development. This film probably would have been okay like 10 years ago for me to recommend to people, but it's just so dated that the only reason people would watch this is if you're doing a podcast when you're reviewing movies, but also just because you want to look at films that were based on video games. And well, I'll say my film of the week in a minute but you know there are better adaptations out there now those are all the films i watched this week and it's probably not going to be a surprise if i'm going to pick one of them it's going to be sonic the hedgehog i will say this is one of the weaker weeks of films that i've gone through but sonic the hedgehog is an enjoyable film and really great family film so if anyone has a kid and hasn't watched it yet i do recommend it it is a fun time you will enjoy it as well as the kids But that is everything for this week. Please rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It would be very appreciated. This show also has a Patreon. It's only £1 a month. So if you fancy supporting the show, the link to that is in the show notes. You can also catch up on anything related to the podcast at Lights Carry Action on Instagram and also on my Twitter at Carrie Jo Mo. But that is everything for this week. Take care and stay safe.